This podcast is part of the Bad Wolf Network. Visit badwolf.com for information on all our other shows. Spin-off! Is there any word more thrilling to the human soul? Spin-off shows happen because you think that is so good, we should, we should spin that off. Hello and welcome to episode two of Running Down Corridors. I'm your host, Martin, and joining me this week, I have Chris. Hello. And Sam. Hello. And on this episode, we are going to look into Doctor Who spin-offs, those that worked and those that didn't. Guys, I don't know how you want to do this. Do you want to stick to official spin-offs? Or sure, we do the stuff like Return to Devil's End, Seal in the Devil's Seeds of Arador, etc. I know of Return to Devil's End and Keith for Barnfathers uh, stuff, but I've, I've never actually watched them, I must admit. Yeah, I have seen Mind Game Saga. It's like this collection of four stories, and one of them is really weird because they got Sophie Aldred, who is clearly playing Ace, but <laughs> she's not allowed to say that she's called Ace. It's really <laughs> weird. Like, she's got similar clothes. She hasn't got the leather jacket on, but it's a similar style, and they just refer to her as the human. Blimey. <laughs> Cast your mind back to 2006. It was a okay. glorious time. It was a golden age for Doctor Who. David Tennant's poster was on every single geek girl's wall. Doctor Who had just had its triumphant second series, yep. and Torchwood was about to launch. What do you remember mm. about this time? I remember Torchwood. It was very, very adult for. I don't think that. I think that was like a sort of cultural jump that everyone wasn't expecting. The moment uh, they watched their first episode of Torchwood, or indeed the second one, which is about uh, killer orgasms or something <laughs> like that, it's like it was doing Doctor Who grown up for the sake of being grown up. Not the biggest fan, if I'm being honest. I have struggled with it. I remember watching the first ever episode and being like, Blair. Don't really get it. Yeah, that first series is really patchy. There's some really good episodes in there, but as a whole, it's not great. I remember watching it, Everything Changes, or what what they kept, what they called it before, which was Flotsam and Jetsam. I, I really did enjoy it. Second episode lost me a bit with the orgasm alien. Yeah. I think the one that, to be fair, yeah, it was a bit of a... People keep saying I really want it to come back and whatnot. I'm sort of like, I could take it or leave it, really. To be honest, but, I prefer what Big Finish are doing with it. I haven't had the bank balance to be able to enjoy what they're doing with it, but um, <laughs> I I hear it's very, very good. It's um, good. The single releases, like the monthly range is really good. They take place kind of in between the series, but then you've also got a monthly range that takes place after where Reese and Gwen are trying to rebuild Torchwood. And then yeah. set after that, you've got the official fifth and sixth series. Oh, fantastic. Like you just said, you could take it or leave it, but did you enjoy it at the time? I definitely did by the second series. There was one episode which I still think is still chills me to the bone, which is Countryside in it. I love one. that. That's it's a brilliant, brilliant one, and it. And I was surprised to hear that fans don't really rate it that much. Do they not? No. I suppose it's because because there is a twist at the end which is disturbing as hell. It's been out long enough. I don't give a damn. It's, you know, it's not like <laughs> Kaiser, it's not like Kaiser shows that we can say that. Kevin Spacey was Kaiser Sozi. You know, we we can say this now. That it turns out there weren't aliens at all. It was just psychopaths in yeah. the countryside, and um, which was terrifying. I thought that was a really, really, really good episode. I think I suppose they're just disappointed that there wasn't an alien twist to it. Yeah, but. I think a lot of people felt the same way about Miracle Day. I remember Bill Pullman saying in the interviews was quite enjoyed doing Torchwood Miracle Day because it was science fiction, but from the human perspective. 
and and it focused on uh, what would people do in this situation. Likewise, the Children of Earth, exactly the same thing. It it was wasn't wasn't necessary to have the four, five, six monsters in the tank as such, because the real story came from how the politicians and the government behaved after to handle the situation and, and the things they were going to do. And it's, well, you know, we could sacrifice ten percent of the Children of Earth. You know, it's terrifying reflection. It feels very realistic as well. Like I believe yeah. that's exactly how it would play out i think miracle day is a few episodes longer than it should be but i generally actually quite enjoyed it i thought it just seems like as bill pullman said that it focused more on the humanity rather than monsters and aliens you know each to their own but i think most people they just want to watch a program where similar to doctor who where he just combats monsters and you know and uh, well she now uh, combats monsters although i've not seen her combat monsters i've seen her combat very misunderstood individuals who and pull a uh, face. look like monsters yeah <laughs> i don't know i i prefer i quite enjoyed that from torchwood especially uh, children of earth and uh, miracle day quite quite good i thought i didn't think it maybe needed warranted a whole series i would have liked to have just had that as a one-off special but there was some some creepy stuff in it i remember the idea of it being strange people being assumed dead and moved off to an, you know, an area where they would like well they're as good as dead we need to just keep them here uh, and i remember a woman being squashed in a car her eye being revealed so the, the fact it was more adult i thought was quite cool and, and something else I, I found very interesting about it is that in my mind it reminded me a lot of how i thought doctor who would return in the 90s not necessarily that the the adult material or the or the graphic violence but more so how it especially in the later series when it was made abroad it felt a bit x-filesy a little bit kind of 90s sci-fi, which is how I thought the show would return in the 90s. I always felt if it did come back, it would be like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It would be like more so the X-Files, something like that, a bit more serious. I remember when Tortured was first announced, I was a little bit Mm. disappointed that it wasn't just a Captain Jack spin-off because I thought, oh, how great like a more adult show with a time-traveling charismatic lead could be. But then I realized the only reason the spin-offs are kind of mostly Earth-based is just budgetary reasons. Oh, it's yeah, cheaper yeah. to we, film something on modern day Earth than it is to have another time traveling show. And even cheaper to do it in Cardiff, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, to exactly. And it's mostly one location in the Torchwood Hub. Yeah. So, yeah, you save on a lot of money there. It was a really big hit for BBC Three. And I still think doesn't get enough credit for what it did for BBC Three. Because BBC Three, I think, has always somehow just got this legacy of being comedy only. But actually, it has got a great history of drama and, and documentaries. And one of the, um, but but no one ever mentions actually had a bit of a sci-fi thing for a while. They had some imports from from America, but one of them mainly was was Torchwood. So something I haven't given my entire attention to. I think I struggle a bit more now with with what's happened with John Barrowman uh, and what's come out about that. I know you obviously you should you should be able to separate one from the other, but. I, I, John Barrowman I struggled with a little bit anyway. I always found him a little bit too much for me. The only time I really did like him was when he came back in Series 3, actually. I remember finding him a bit of a nuisance in Series 1. But yeah, in Series 3 he was okay. So, and I know that's supposed he's a bit more tortured Jack there. I do think that the Captain Jack character was better explored. The, the analysis I would use for people who may have seen the, this different show but not have seen Torchwood, is it reminds me a little bit of the development between Saul Goodman in Breaking Bad and Saul Goodman in Better Call Saul. Sure. So it, there's that kind of worry when John, you know, John Barrowman's uh, Captain Jack in the in the original series he was he was a bit of a comedy relief character 
a, a bit of a comedy relief character, just a lot of innuendos and, you know, it felt like kind of Russell T. Davis's side joke sometimes. And then when they did a whole series with him, I thought, this can't be very good. But it, it was a, a bit more of a serious role. I remember the most exciting bit being the end of the first series when he heard the TARDIS come and obviously he left. That was that was kind of exciting to see what happened there. I didn't really see much of the, the, the following series, to be honest. It was mainly that. So I'm focusing a lot. I know you guys have said I should watch the other ones. I've only really watched the first series, which you would say is probably the weakest. So maybe I'll give it another go at some point. I probably will skip the earlier series. I would say if you're going to start with Torchwood again, start with series two. Because everything you need to know is there. They retcon all the stuff that didn't work about series one. And although Children on Earth is critically the best one, my favorite series of Torchwood is series two. Whenever I've got like a spare 45 minutes and I feel like watching Torchwood, it's Mm. series two I reach for. Okay, cool. My issue with Doctor Who spinoffs is they can't go too big because... You've got to explain why the Doctor doesn't show up. As much as I love Children of Earth, and I I didn't even hate Miracle Day. I know a lot of people do. Aliens wanting to take kids to use them as drugs, stuff like that. The Doctor shows up for it. And it's a really difficult thing to balance because you need the threat to be big enough to justify the show's existence. But Mm. you also need, it can't go too big that the Doctor wouldn't show up for it. I know what you mean. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That's how it felt a bit in series one. Like they they weren't big, but I suppose the problem is you still yeah. want to make the risk quite big. I suppose it works for Sarah Jane Adventures because it's a bit more, but for Tortured, which is supposed to be more adult, it should be more graphic, it should be more scary, it should be more violent. And you think if it was that graphic and violent, the Doctor would have turned up by now. Originally, before Liz Sladen was offered the Sarah Jane Adventures, all mm. her agent had told her is Russell T. Davis wants to talk to you about Doctor Who spinoff. So she was like, oh, wow, because Torchwood was currently filming the first series. She was like, wow, he wants to bring Sarah Jane into Torchwood. She spent the entire journey on the way to the meeting just picturing how Sarah Jane would fit into an older, more adult environment. And she got really excited about that. And she's admitted in the past to being really disappointed that it wasn't tortured, but also delighted and glad that she was getting her own spin-off. You build yourself up and go, oh, this, is a bit, this is really good, exciting. I can be a part of a grittier, darker themed show and then find out it's just back to farting aliens um, <laughs> and conge. I did, I did actually quite enjoy the Sarah Jane uh, adventures. It was definitely for people younger than me. And w- when did it start? Was it 2007? 2007, they put on a pilot. And then I think 2008, That's it. Yeah. the full series, yeah. I enjoyed the pilot even in 2007 when I was about when I was about 16. I still felt older than I, than the audience that it was intended for. <laughs> I was so, like 23 uh, and recording it so I could watch it when I got <laughs> home from work. One thing I did actually like about Sarah Jane Adventures, which I thought that I've always said that the Doctor Who, the actual show, would actually benefit from, is actually the episode split. You know, yeah. it was always done in two parts, and you'd have it left on that cliffhanger, and I thought it actually made the duration a lot better and a lot justified and whatnot, but Doctor Who hasn't done that. <laughs> the Sarah Jane adventures only started because CBBC wanted to make a young Doctor Who series. Oh, really? As in, yeah, they wanted Russell T. Davis to create a show that showed a 14-year-old Doctor inventing, like, sonic screwdrivers and things like that. And he was like, that's stupid. I tell you what <laughs> we'll do. We'll spin off Sarah Jane. In parts, the Sarah Jane Avengers was more grown up than tortured. I think there was a, some of them that I sort of grew like couldn't follow it all, but I kept coming back for the odd episode. And they are quite 
I got there's one where Sarah Jane's friend died, but they switched it. Yeah. Something like that. And so her entire existence just got wiped out. I maintain the trickster is probably one of the best villains that has not been on Doctor Who yet. It's criminal. And they've even referenced him because in turn left. Yeah. Um, the trickster, yeah, brain, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And they've never brought him into the main show. It's criminal. And he's absolutely terrifying to look at. It's a really brilliant idea of a show i'm trying to think about other ones they've done but uh, uh i probably need to re-watch them when i feel brave enough to go into hmv and buy them <laughs> i've been buying the box sets recently on cex ah. and like every payday because they're only like two or three quid in cex so every payday i'll just do one so i've got the first two series at the moment but yeah sadly the show only ended because liz sladen passed away yeah that, that, that came to a shock to everyone didn't it but the one thing uh, that I'm glad they did do, and there's uh, someone I always thought should have had their own spin-off anyway, was they brought Katie Manning back. Uh, oh, that was an amazing episode. It's, it's superb. It's uh, And uh, you even got David Bradley voicing the uh, Shan Sheath. But I'd love to see the Katie Manning do have a little spin-off. I'm surprised Big Finish haven't picked it up yet. I only tuned in once, which is the one where Joe turned up. And that was brilliant, because I, I didn't <laughs> like the Sarah Jane series. I didn't like okay. Sarah Jane in the new series. I liked the episode where she came back. That was good. Like, and he said hello. But yeah, then yeah. After that, she just moped around. Every time you saw it, it was like having it's like having someone's depressed mum, or you know, when you used to go in your mate's house and, <laughs> and his mum was definitely an alcoholic, and she'd sort of wander around. She'd be like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, mum, we're just having a few beers." She'd be like, oh, "Having a few beers." I used to have a few beers before your dad left. <laughs> it was that every week. You know, I, I've always yeah, yeah. preferred what came the other side of Sarah Jane. Even in the actual series, I preferred Joe and I preferred Leela to Sarah Jane. She's not one of my favourites. Yeah, um, I, I felt like that. I remember we were watching as a child watching Sarah Jane it's probably not not going to help like some people's opinions online but I didn't like Sarah Jane because she just bored me with the feminist stuff even at a young age you chauvinistic you know come on pipe you almost wanted you know that John Pertwee was like pipe down love you know well I only Um, really liked her with Harry I only ever like because of that reason. I felt it was quite fun to. I was fine with. I thought it's good that you know she was a feminist and that she was a strong she, female character. But yeah. what I liked was that he had Harry as a kind of a jokey kind of. Oh, come along, old girl. <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> <laughs> well, that minute when he stops and goes, "Hey, hey, President of, it, of Earth is a woman. What about that? Hey, 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 love. What about that? Hey, Totty." And that was always quite fun. <laughs> and they were actually very lovely. They were great to have those two in it, but. You talk about kind of feminism. I feel like that is an important issue. It always has been in Doctor Who. Uh, however, Sarah Jane, she talked the talk, but Leela walked the walk. That's feminism, mate. Someone who literally goes around starting fights whilst dressed in a bikini. She took no shit, Leela. She literally <laughs> took no shit. She sort of strikes me as the crazy girl you'd like to have sex with, but is far too crazy for you. <laughs> you know, like, you know, she's, well, she's really attractive in that, in what that outfit. However, she's a murderer. You know, uh, you know, she, she likes to cut people. You know, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. we've all been out with a Leela. Just get yourself a stab proof vest, you'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I always, thought joe was really cool i liked that joe was there's this sort of thing that i always feel like sarah jane is lifted sometimes by the fans by people bad mouthing the joe character because like they seem to think oh yeah she was just this thick blonde and then along came sarah jane who was the greatest woman who ever lived it's like no joe was really great the reason i love joe is because joe wasn't 
academically intelligent, but she had really good common sense. She could pick locks. Yeah. And that was exciting. And that was, you You kind of were on a journey with her. And same with Leela. Leela was just a badass. Like, she would just yeah. punch people and hit people and kick people, lob knives at them. Just awesome. That's, that's what you want. And then kind of in the middle of this is this kind of slightly kind of guardian do-gooder journalist who kind of goes, you can't say that. And then you go, why? She goes, oh, because I need to go and get captured now and I need to go and fall down something and I need to scream and I need to... You know, she, oh. Joe was a much more relatable in the sense that, because uh, at start, the doctor is a bit of a dick when he when she first yeah. meets him, but he doesn't keep her around because she's stupid or anything, or to feel clever. And that's a misconception I've always mm. thought. Every time someone looks back at the doctor, and they do this at the time, they mention it a lot with Capaldi and Matt Smith and even David Tennant. He said, "Oh, he just wants someone to show off that he's being clever in front of." It was never the case no. with that. I never got that opinion. It was always the case of that he did actually, you know, he really valued her, and she wasn't scientifically intelligent. She wasn't always bright. But she uh, had a good heart and was, you know, quite relatable. She was, she was effectively, I, I'd say, a more relatable companion than Sarah Jane ever was mm. for any young girl watching. And whether the young girl, you know, and I'm not saying you're going to be the girl that's going to scream all the time. You go, <laughs> it was a case of, you know, this is a, you know, you can do this stuff. Joe learns as she goes on. She yeah. finds ways to understand it. And like in the same way Jamie did. Jamie didn't understand most of the things that he come up with against and then goes, hey, what's that? <laughs> Every time he just, hey. Uh, and he goes, oh, you're, you're ticking that mech now. You know, and uh, they, but they found their own way. It, both of them were very relatable and very strong companions. Yeah, I think Doctor Who does need spin-offs. The universe is too big for the one show. It's certainly mm. too big for the BBC to handle. And there were times during the RTD era where I wasn't enjoying Doctor Who, mm. but I was enjoying Tortured or I was mm. enjoying the Sarah Jane Adventures. There was something there for me. And I guess if we look at ideas that he had for the Sarah Jane Adventures, he was going to bring in Ace with Sarah Jane all those years ago? I would argue that on a maybe a lot of people disagree with me on this but I'd say you know the show is up there with especially thanks to the RTD era let's, let's take the RTD era on its own right that was as big as Star Wars at that point and you think how many spin-offs we've got of Star Wars you just have to look at what Disney are launching over the next few years so many spin-offs and you are right I do think that it's hard to please everyone with the show and, and it's been like that ever since it came back there's old school classic who fans who have never liked the new series it's not their show and now you've got people who like the very early days of the new series and they don't like this latest series and then you've got some people who love the latest series and don't like the old series and you've got this sort of mixed match and you can't please everyone all of the time in fact you can't please everyone any of the time it's similar to the star wars films when the um the, was it episode eight came out that was very much aimed at a new audience and a lot of traditional kind of Star Wars fans didn't like it. But Rogue One was very much made for the old school fans. Yeah. It was complete fan service. I understand what you're saying there because you, they're going to want the show to be of mass appeal and that's always the hardest show to kind of make. You're going to have more people dislike it than you are like it with any kind of um, show that's trying to appeal to a, a mainstream audience. But then you're right, if you had like an Ace spin-off on Britbox or Netflix or something like that, then you could have all the fans of the 80s tuning in and you can bring back the Candyman, you can bring back Fenric or something like that do you know what I mean you can you can have something like that you can have something for a more adult audience in the same vein Torchwood was you're absolutely right it's the show's too big now I think to just be put into one box no pun intended yeah spin-offs are very much welcome but all I want though is for now anyway Russell T Davis not to worry about any spin-offs 
just focus on fixing the show. I think the worst thing they can do is start planning spin-offs now. I mean, if you look at Universal and their dark universe, they they announced like five films when they brought out the mummy and it's like, all right, just make one one good project and then we'll talk about spin-offs. There's so much they could do, and I'm surprised they don't do more spin-off shows. One that fans really wanted over the time that Big Finish have just done is the Paternoster Gang. Oh yes. Yes, and apparently that's very good. Yeah, the Paternoster Gang audios are really good. I think they've done four of them now, and they kind of weave in that it's all in Victorian, it's all set in the same thing. And it does world building really well because they bring in Jago, and Strax has had an adventure with Jago and Lightfoot, and now Jago's kind of in in their camp as well. And it, it's really interesting. You know, the Paternoster Gang was never going to happen on TV because two of the leads spend five hours a day in makeup before they can shoot that's before they then spend a 12 to 15 hour day on a set that has to look like victorian london it was just going to be too expensive to make that as a spin-off mm. like maybe they could have done a special a year but full series was never going to happen and then we ended up with class <laughs> uh yeah i don't consider class a spin-off to be honest i consider it a show set in the universe yeah it's it's sort of well that's a well, how they described all the big finish ones in the world of Doctor Who, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah, pretty much. be honest, I, I think I got about two episodes in and I gave up on class. It, I did the whole lot. <laughs> it, how? <laughs> how I done? just kept thinking, oh, it's a Doctor Who spinoff. Maybe it gets good. I mean, the whole, re- <laughs> the whole reason they had to put the Doctor in it yeah. is because they had to establish it was in that universe. The class thing was odd because I don't understand why they thought they should make a spin-off for teenagers. I think if you're ever going to make a spin-off for, for Doctor Who, it needs to be like a real-life big finish. It needs to be for the proper, proper fans. And I honestly feel that class's biggest problem is like, what is it? Because if you're just flicking through the iPlayer, there's no recognizable characters in the thumbnail. There's nothing in the title that tells you it's a spin-off to Doctor Who. So you're like, what is going to attract the casual fan who doesn't necessarily keep up with Doctor Who news that Mm. this is a Doctor Who spinoff? I didn't like Clara or Danny, Mm. but if class had been about them as teachers in Cold War, it would have been a lot more successful. I I genuinely don't know what the reason was behind it. It was a very strange decision. Um, I mean, it's like, was it Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. sort of to the Marvel films, isn't it? Um, Yeah. They had to put Samuel Jackson in there for like two episodes, one at the start, one at the end just to insist that this is actually worth watching. Class, I think, I don't know. I mean, the first, one of the first lines is uh, a reference to the Beck is it Bechtel test, which is one of the cringiest, <laughs> cringiest woke writing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> just terrible. Terrible. I don't think it really, yeah. I tried to, I tried to give it a go. I was even sort of defending of people who were having a go at those who were really supporting, really, really, really looking forward to it. I said, I think you owe them all an apology. But about two episodes later, I deleted the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was interesting because there were so many fans that were going down to the bay and getting pictures with the cast. That I was yeah. starting to think, this does look amazing. And I've interviewed the cast and they're all really nice. I felt bad for not liking the show. But big finish took it and made it the series it should have been well big finish uh, are blessed with hindsight effectively aren't they they can take what didn't work before and then rework it so it does work because they yeah. uh, they they've seen where it went wrong like um uh, i suppose river song as in a sense um great series well, biggest ones colin baker when colin baker's uh, audios got going they were very much how he wanted to play it yeah and actually saved his era in a sense and his uh his time in the role because they watched they knew from watching the telly that 
the, the, the TV version that actually this is where it went wrong. Yeah. Maybe we should do it like this. So they're always blessed with that hindsight. It's, um, I mean, they brought in like the Candyman into one of the um, <laughs> audios, into in one of the audios, but as he was originally intended to be, not dressed as Bertie Bassett. <laughs> it was quite terrifying in it. Went back to that analogy of waiting, it's talking to someone in the pub, in a bar, up smoking area late at night, and they're saying, do you know what would be a great idea? But they're really passionate about it. They're yeah. really keen on it. And although the idea sounds completely bonkers, the moment it's executed, it's actually really, really good. <laughs> they wouldn't commission it if they didn't think that it was worth doing. If they, So they've got quite a bit of confidence to finish. And another thing about class that always irritated me is the cast all looked like they were like 30. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, like one of the main guys got married the day of the first two episodes. Blimey. And it's like, I can't take these guys seriously as teenagers, but on audio, it really works. They said it in series one. I was really skeptical because, you know, I wasn't a fan yeah. of class, but it works. They play to the strengths yeah. and they even have Ace show up. And they're like, it's not the 80s era Ace. It is the Ace from 2016, 2017. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it's really interesting. And she helps them take out the Daleks. Oh, no. Nice. And yeah, it just works. Like class could have worked if they had given that to Clara or given it to Danny, or even if Clyde and Rani from the Sarah Jane Adventures were teachers at that school. It, at least it would have felt connected because the Doctor does not fit in the class universe. And the only reason Peter Capaldi mm. shows up is to establish that yes, this is set in the same yeah. universe. Yeah, it was a very clumsy thing, and it's you know it was very. Uh... It left, I think, a lot of people shaking their heads and just confusement. Not even people, in some ways, people didn't even dislike it. They were just confused by it. That's how I felt about it. Well, the it. marketing was all off. Like, they sent Doctor Who magazine no promotional material. Weird. And on the day it aired, everyone thought it was just going to be like the Sarah Jane Adventures. Because mm. I remember watching those first two episodes and being like, oh, it's a lot darker than I was expecting. And someone was like, oh, yeah, I'm about to let my six-year-old watch. And I was like, <laughs> no, do not. And they were like, oh, well, you know, it's set in a school. And there was a lot of assumptions that it was just a replacement for Sarah Jane. Yeah. I had this great vision of when it, you know, when did it come out? It was 2016, 2017? I think it's 2016. 2016. Yeah. I had this great vision of Stephen Moffat running into the BBC office. I've got a great idea for sure. I've just seen the hottest thing on television. And I'm like, brilliant. What is it? It's a show called Skins. It's like, right, okay. <laughs> you know, it's so about 10, 10 years old. No, no, no. It's, it's brand new and everybody loves it. No, 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 Stephen, honestly, this was big about 10 years ago. No, Skins meets Doctor Who. Okay, well, I'm not, I'm, it's done. It's done. It gets commissioned. But that's kind of what I thought they were going. It genuinely looked like they were trying to tap into a skins market who were all now in their 30s, like me. Yeah, uh, a, a big flaw with classes, they assumed an audience. Going along the line of spin-offs, if you oh. were tasked with creating one, what would you do? Oh, Peladon, hands down. I've been saying that one for years. Okay. <laughs> First start is a joke, but the more I actually really really like the idea of it i've always thought they a sort of game of thrones meets house of cards meets ice warriors i think that's a that's a that's solid tv that would just please me and probably 12 other people well i, I sort of it was after class got announced i sort of I did, did tweet a, some photoshop mock-ups of different shows that i thought how have these been overlooked and sort of and I, I went for every sort of tomb of the cybermen captain hopper and his flying machine having these adventures uh I'm trying to think of us there was there was um wilson the electrician of uh, the apart department store oh, i saw you, you do that one yeah 
Yeah, he does the lottery <laughs> syndicate for the t- for the uh, building. The stories he would get up to. We've got class, but we haven't had anything to do with Wilson before that tragic evening. Even really from the announcement, the BBC handled class terribly. <laughs> the day of the announcement, they were tweeting, wait up till midnight. You guys are going to want to stay up till midnight. There's a big announcement coming, big Doctor Who announcement. And all day they were tweeting pictures of like the Hinchcliffe era. And people were like, oh, Hinchcliffe is coming back to write for the new series. He's coming back for series 10 and people get really excited and then it's just they drop here's a spin-off featuring characters you don't know <laughs> it's yeah really bizarre and then they didn't help themselves when they didn't send out any promo material to doctor who magazine on the day class launched the front cover of that month's doctor who magazine was torchwood's 10th anniversary gotcha. <laughs> See, I've always thought a 70s-based unit series would be amazing. Oh, yeah, that would be good. I agree with you. You know, something like Unit, you know, a gritty Unit um, 1960s or 70s kind of themed show, it would make so much more sense. Like, you could get John Coleshaw in voicing the Brigadier on a speakerphone or something. That's me, Geneva. Yeah, that would be fantastic. You could easily do a Unit story that was so loyal to the old series. It could have, you could bring back the Sea Devils. You could bring back the Zygons you could really cater to the older fans it would sell like mad and then not have to worry too much about making the main show appeal to them I've always been obsessed with the Decker the group of renegades that the Doctor was part of like the Rani the Master the Monk the the Warlord Drax you know, this little group of... I, I'm fascinated by why they ended up like they did. I like that their their teacher was Barusa, who we all know was, in the end, was quite bad, or was he, you know? So I think the story is that they were at university, there was a small kind of lecture group called the Decker, and they consisted of the Doctor, the Master, and all, all these people we've seen over the series, and, and a couple more who have appeared in Big Finish and various other places. And for some reason, something happened during the time of the Black Scrolls. And for some reason, they can't all use their names anymore. They all went to the school of Barusa and they all became renegades for some reason or another. And I like the idea something happened that made them go off in their own ways. Um, but what I'd like to see is, and <laughs> I'll tell you what, what triggered this as well, was Suicide Squad. You, you see that? For, Don't mind Suicide Squad. It's all right. You know, it's all right. It's, it's not great. I, I, it was on Netflix the other day and I watched it and I kind of sat for it. But I enjoyed it more because I imagined in my head that they were all the master, the Rani, the monk. And I like this idea that if there was a spin, this is just pure fan fiction, but I thought of it in my head a few times that this idea of maybe during the time or something, them sending them out to go and get the doctor. Who was I talking to? I was kind of coming up with the idea at the top of my head. This is copyrighted in case anyone's listening. So I've already thought of this. <laughs> um, but I do I love this idea of, of them having to reunite, a bit of a school reunion of them in the days under the guidance of Barusa to have to go and find the doctor for the time war, whatever reason, and maybe accidentally bumping into the Valyard instead. But I like I like any idea of them all coming back together. I know I love the interaction between Kate Amara's Rani and Anthony Ainley's master in The Mark of the Rani. I think it's brilliant because the second they meet, they're like two people who used to work together or two students who are at uni together who kind of know they're in the same boat but don't really want to have to hang out together. It's fascinating. I love the humour of the monk, the meddling monk. He was the first Time Lord we ever met other than the Doctor and his cheeky ways and him kind of manipulating it. And you just you can just imagine them all at 
at uni together and what they were like and i imagine and i imagine as well they've all got something on the doctor which i like i like they all probably know there's a dark side of the doctor in there and they probably all were guilty of doing something i mean it's it's a, a lot would have to go into it and you'd have to be very careful not to ruin the magic of the history of the doctor as a character in his past but i would love to see all those characters come back you know i've always waited in the new series for the rani to come back because kate omara was fantastic as the rani i've loved to see the monk come back all these various time lords who were renegades like the doctor but took a different route i think they're really fascinating i mean we've had the master now in the old series and new series quite regularly but i think it's time to bring another time lord in oh absolutely the rani's the right choice yeah i I think do you think they'll gender swap her now no i don't think they would but i i think you know i I imagine in my head if she came back i I thought how would they do it now because kurt amara i think was a fantastic choice because they made her in the eight so well and people even say to this day oh when she was in doctor who she was great because she played this kind of um yuppie thatcherite businesswoman that was her role she was in all this kind of very plantly dressed up kind of like 80s businesswoman you know if you watch like uh, wall street or something the businesswoman in that or wolf of wall street the way the businesswoman addressed that's what they tried yeah, to do yeah. with the rani she was supposed to be this very kind of thatcherite ruthless businesswoman but the, the character of the rani is really interesting because she's almost like a militant leftist in a way in the sense that she's almost like you can imagine being a militant vegan because her excuse is always you know when she's uh, manipulating uh, humans and stuff she's kind of going well they don't care when they pick on the chickens and if you read like there's some good stories about the Riley that have come out and some big finish stories she basically just really cares about animals and doesn't care about humans she's kind of Morrissey in a female form uh, she's a really good character and I think I said criminal that she's never come back I remember when Missy came back I really kept my fingers crossed and f- hoped it was the Rani but of course it was Missy and in and I think Missy was great it was great to have a female master and Missy absolutely knocked you know nailed it it was great to see a new version of the master but I think we're due a, a return of the Rani and personally if they brought her back I'd like to see a bit Kate Bush do you know what I mean I'd like to see her a little bit hippie and a bit more in touch with that kind of hippie side that I think they explored sure. that would be my scenario of a spin-off i'd like to see more renegade time lords but other than that i think your idea of the unit thing would be amazing because i think you, you'd tap into so many cool things with that my top choice would be to carry on the sarah jane adventures but just call it bannerman road have luke pick up the mantle and it's him and his friends and you know maybe mm. clyde and rani are now teachers at cole hill school and you can bring in the guys from class for a crossover and that's a very good idea yeah you could take it more adult orientated this time mm. or more family orientated i should say like uh, like a doctor who slot pull it in the doctor who slot when doctor who isn't on and you can yeah. have the doctor appear and i just think there's a really good show you could have previous companions come back and yeah if you just called it bannerman road i think that would be great anything would be better than the uh, k9 series they seem to keep churning out <sighs> talking to k9 they've just announced that there is a new series in development oh god let him die you not <laughs> in that bloody dog it just i've never known anything to survive more than that dog john leeson bless him i think even he's fed up of it he gets the call hello john you're back mate canine's back he probably thinks oh you know just i just got this image in my head of like canine sort of turning to the producer in a sort of like you know when you have to put a dog down sort of thing yeah and it's it's just master please let me die Well, there was originally going to be a film called Timequake. Christ. The creators of K9 started talking last year about doing a series before the film. Two production companies are apparently bidding for the rights. 
Oh my god! I think there's a cult out there of K9. Like there's there must probably be. like five guys somewhere, and they're all based in different parts of the world, and they've all sort of got their hands on K9 and keeping him alive. It's horrific. <laughs> I don't know if you you are familiar with the Whovian Chaser. Yes. He yes. put out a video talking about potential animated Doctor Who shows that they could do. And I don't mm. think we're ever going to see an animated Doctor Who series when the show is current. It's like the same reason they were, the film franchise never took off is because yeah. they felt that it would overshadow the series that's still ongoing. It would take it all away. Well, people uh, always want a Paul McGann, Eighth Doctor kind of spin-off and it's like well that just causes brand confusion who yeah. do you put on the lunch boxes would be massively confusing yeah exactly that it, everyone keeps saying that let's do a series with McGann now that we can you know as a bonus or, or you know a spin-off series but it just would not fit in terms of the branding and also i don't think that many people would watch it as much as it would need to be commissioned personally as sad as it is, I don't think it'll ever happen. Oh, it's never happened. No, I don't think um, it'll ever. He's already got the successful spin-off with Big Finish. So. Yeah, he's got his, his good... Yeah, yeah, that era's happened. And it's not that I don't think a Paul McGann series would be good. I think it would be excellent. You know, I remember being five years old, and my nan, for Christmas, got me a Ghostbusters VHS. Mm. And she was so excited to see me unwrap it, because she knew I liked Ghostbusters. She didn't know anything about Ghostbusters, but she knew I loved it. I opened up the wrapping paper, and the thing on the box said Ghostbusters hmm. but it was that cartoon filmation Ghostbusters with the orangutan and mm-hmm. it wasn't Ghostbusters and that is what would happen if you put out an animated Doctor Who series or Paul McGann as the Doctor you would get some little kid on Christmas yeah. disappointed with his present you would break an old woman's heart <laughs> <laughs> and it just wouldn't work i mean and especially it's like if you do the animated series it's like which doctor do you use use a classic one well okay is this a new classic adventure or is this a missing episode that they're now animating you've yeah. got that brand confusion there and if you use the current doctor it's like well why watch this when i can just wait a couple of months for the live action i found this out uh, through uh, big finish and also someone who does work at bbc but they always big finish have to get all of their ideas approved by uh, uh bbc studios purely to avoid any conflict so if they're like oh we're going to do something like this in the series or a big fan say can we do something like this but it's too similar to what they're already doing they'll shut they'll say no we no we can't do that one yeah there have been incidences in the past where the bbc have had to turn down big finish ideas um i might be totally misremembering this but i seem to remember around the time of waters of mars Big Finish were planning to do something similar and that got declined. Yeah. I guess sometimes you run into the thing of Parallel Fort where two people have a very similar idea and they're executed at the same time. And it is about brand control. They they have to sort of protect the brand. If you have too much of the same thing, it's oversaturated. It could cause confusion, as you say. But I tell you one thing: it's like video games with Doctor Who. I've always found that they wouldn't. They have the same conundrum of becoming dated quite quick. And it's always the case because same with all merchandise with Doctor Who. It's because the Doctor changes their appearance, and then yeah. a video game with a Doctor in it is difficult to do anyway. Because one, you can't have them kill anyone, so there's no weapons. There's no shooter. Aspect that you can have, it's immediately dated when the next person comes along. It's like Lego Dimensions, as nice as it is, is now dated. Yeah, well, it's been discontinued now. Yeah, yeah. 
I think the only way you could do a Doctor Who game is if you did it Lego, because then you could run mm. the updates. When a new Doctor is cast, you could run the updates and get the new Doctor. But then if it doesn't sell that well, you're still never going to get those updates. And like you said, it just dates it. Well, the one thing I've always said was, uh, I've gotten sort of inspiration from, I think I did a, posted a video of Alien Isolation, but I did like Capaldi talking over like the, oh, yeah, the radio. Um, and I saw a game like that, where you were taking instructions from the doctor or, or indeed you customize your own doctor well, i don't know or something like that but essentially the idea is to or even if you just play the companion hiding from a monster on a ship um that'd be quite quite cool but again yeah i don't think it would sell that much which is uh, the main thing <laughs> yeah it's all about money people can say the doctor is, is big and popular but it doesn't sell as well as it used to you know with like the cw doing their dc comic shows yeah. and every year they have that huge event crossover but each episode of each show leads up to that crossover yeah i always get a little bit jealous when those happen because imagine journey's end and stolen earth i know tortured were in it and the yeah. sarah jane adventures they were in it but imagine having a whole series of tortured building up to that mm. a whole series of the sarah jane adventures building up to that it would just be amazing and if i did a spin-off i would probably do bannerman road i think tortured's dead you know any any range that big finish now do is essentially killed any hopes of ed, them ever coming into team yeah i think that's fair, fair fair point yeah yeah i think i think there's so much you could do and i've been very surprised that there hasn't had an, an on-screen extended universe to that extent and i like the idea that you had that it would be building up on a on a different show so that if there was a season finale we could have seen it building in torture we could have seen it building in sarah jane adventures and it all came to a head in the last episode it'd be genius it'd be, it'd be a good idea but i, I do until they do that we're going to end up with stuff like class unfortunately that's the thing about dog series every time a new showrunner comes in it's always ground zero again and then they have to build it up by that point they either haven't got long to do a spin-off in the spin-off might not be relevant anymore people keep saying let's bring torchwood back that's uh but i just don't think it would work on tv as much anymore it's been so long since the last one and uh, it's a bit of a dated thing to bring back well it's also the case that the bbc sold the license to big finish to make five and six so mm. any TV series couldn't be series five. So they would have to bring it back as like series seven or something like that because Big Finish could sue them. No, ah, did not know that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they've brought the rights to officially make the continuing series. I think I think that's also a sensible move because they were never going to get another series on television. <laughs> no, well, it's um, interesting because a lot of people think Miracle Day was cancelled. It wasn't. Stars were very, very keen to make series five. Mm-hmm. But Russell T. Davis's husband, that's when he was first diagnosed with his brain tumor. No. That meant he couldn't drive. And I've spent time in LA. If you can't drive, you're pretty much just isolated. Russell T. Davis didn't want his husband just sitting at home all day. When at least when you come back to the UK, like public transport is bigger here than it is in the US. Yeah, yeah. It's more frequent. And he had family around. So Torchwood was put on hold just because Russell T. Davis's partner was ill. No. He passed away about two weeks into the filming of Years and Years. Oh, no. Yeah, so he, he was fighting this tumour for about six or seven years. Oh, blimey. Yeah, and like Russell T. Davis said in an interview a couple of years ago, like TV production companies aren't just waiting by the phone for him to call to say, right, we're ready to do Torchwood. Yeah. That's the only reason Torchwood finished on TV. Yeah. That's, that's sad. But I also think he had a, he had a good run all the same. 
But um, but I would like to see another spin-off. Some shows are getting more confident with it. I mean, Game of Thrones has launched a spin-off now that it's concluded its main. Well, if you look at the, the Arrowverse with The Flash mm. and Legends of Tomorrow, and I think Black Lightning's in there too, Supergirl. Mm. Also, you've got... Uh, trying to think of what it was I had it in my head a moment ago it's just slipped out oh dear I actually can't remember what I was going to say there's a Walking Dead Walking Dead thing so that the main show can continue but also the spin-offs allow a bit more creativity so they can actually expand and do what they like really whether it's good or not there's obviously there's not either there but uh, <laughs> I don't know what there is at the moment that would because unfortunately like say with Doctor Who the moment to have a spin-off usually passes pretty quick after that it's sort of like well we've now got st- uh, stage one again with series 11 I guess it's kind of the same conundrum Bond faces with doing a spin-off to a Bond film my mate suggested this ages ago and uh, not to them um, he's, he's not got much sway everyone keeps saying about let's replace Bond let's get Idris Elba in let's make it a person of a colour or a woman and we were like well Bond isn't different ethnicity and I'm not going to get into the full debate of it because I'm sick of people trying to quote back to me and says well I don't read the book and I was like yeah but I've seen the films <laughs> um, anyway but the idea that he had so he said that, well why don't someone else take over the 007 mantle then because 007 is the code name yeah so a misconception is people think James Bond is the code name no James Bond is a person this code name is 007 well we've seen that recently the reaction that kicked off yeah the headline was done in a way to get that clickbait yeah. anger it was um oh the new bond is going to be black and a woman they that naturally would just piss off every daily male reader so on it's actually the context of it it's set straight after spectre where bond has no longer he's been out of the service so yeah. naturally someone else would take over he's there. but i think that opens up like my mate suggested the possibility of well how do you continue doing films with sort of bond films but without having to cross that do we gender switch or race switch bond the answer simpler we just assign a different person to the code name i'd rather have a bond tv series morgan jeffrey from digital spy well no longer a digital spy he said something along the lines of i'd actually like to see an era appropriate bond adaptation so from the book you know like a six-part bbc's it was slash netflix show yeah i'd love that because you could see him as a young agent achieve Mm. his double o status and then you could launch as many spin-offs as you liked because it would all make sense in that universe a series i did watch on amazon uh jack ryan which actually sort of somewhat proved that actually a tv's adaptation's far better than than the films are yeah the films are good, but allows that expansion to, to grow. I think it'd be just such a, a gripping thing. If there was a, a Bond film spread out over the space of, I don't know, eight weeks, that would be impressive. I'd watch it. And then, like I said, you could have your spin-off. You could bring in a new 007. You could have Bond become M. And then when the lead actor decides, oh, I don't want to do another series, you can spin it off and carry on. Yeah. Going back onto the subject of Doctor Who spin-offs. Oh, yeah. Thought- uh, yeah, I think we'll get one within the next five to ten years okay and there we have it we're going to draw a line under this episode i hope you've really enjoyed it if you have then please leave us a rating on your podcast app of choice it really helps us out next week i don't know what's going to happen because i'll be having surgery so it will be up to these two fine gentlemen what they cover see you soon